Canine Owls. Welcome to Isn't Past Your Bedtime. I'm Krista. And I'm Rachel. And this episode, we're doing Lady Detectives, Lady Solving Crime, right? I and right we're one? officially in October. It's our first October episode. That's right. Okay. October I was sode. like, all of a sudden, I was like, am I even on the right, ox- the right episode? October sode. You're in the Happy- right place. <laughs> Happy October. It's crimes. You know, it's scary, spooky season. This time it's ladies solving crimes in some variation. I totally had a book pick for this and like looking at my notes I like wrote down what the book was and I'm sure it was a physical book that I went and I grabbed from my shelf and I can't find it anywhere so I picked something (laughs) totally different (laughs) luckily I had more lady detectives but I was like huh where did that go I'll never know because I've looked through my audible like three times I was like maybe it was an audiobook maybe I'm crazy nope nope yeah I had one totally in mind when we picked this theme and then I started reading it and I made it like a fifth of the way in and I was like oh my god this writing is not good and then I went and read the reviews and a lot of them were like so it the one I was going to do is by one of the um co-hosts of morbid it's like her book oh Um, I remember you mentioning that yeah and then a lot of the reviews that's when I gave up like five percent in um a lot because a lot of the reviews were like not everyone needs a book deal and then a lot of the things that I was already seeing they were Ooh. like it stays that bad and I was like okay so I gave up on that one um mm, that's so my, okay we can't all be good at everything yeah it's fine so the book that I did um it's not a detective but it is a lady who solved the crime so I take it so I read uh One Step Too Far by Lisa Gardner I do love her she's a fantastic thriller author I've read like a I think I've read a whole bunch of her books because I always forget that I've read her books and then I'm like oh yeah and then when you get to the mm-hmm. like titles also by I'm like oh yeah turns out right i'm familiar i do like this author um this one is actually technically like the second in a series it turns out which i didn't know till i was already reading it it's one of those like ones where it's like you know they'll have like a detective will have like 900 different books oh yeah so like the main character need to have read the first one you know like they give you the gist yeah also like having read this one i now know how the first one ends so um, like I don't need to read it. Need to read the first one. Yeah. yeah, I did look at the first one to be like, oh, does that one sound better? It did not. Um, so this one is our main character. Her name is Frankie Elkin. She's in her like mid forties, I think, something like that, probably. Uh, she's a recovering alcoholic. It's been, I think, she's at like almost ten years in recovery or something like that. Like she's like been in recovery for like quite a bit of time at this point um and even in the first book too uh but basically like what a lot of alcohol or yeah probably alcoholics and others that are in addiction and recovery um find something else to kind of fill that with uh hers is finding missing people um so she's not Love like it. an official detective she doesn't have her pi license or anything she's sort of just like armchair detective stumbled into this one day because and like people that she also goes to try to help and look for are people that like the cops and the news and everybody have just kind of like given up on like cold cases like she rarely ever like she hasn't done i think at this point she's done like 16 she's like found only one of them has been found alive but like even finding bodies is like can help bring closure to families and stuff um and so like that's like what she does she just like finds like some random article or something or like sometimes she'll like go on online and like do like a deep dive of like oh like this 16 year old um like brown girl who like nobody cares about because she's not a pretty little white girl kind of a thing she'll Mm -hmm. go and then she basically starts asking questions like she's asking questions that like other people haven't thought um because she did so much like debauchery in her like alcoholic days and drug days she does not care 
she was like i'm gonna ask questions that like no one else is gonna ask like your family member's not gonna ask these questions like people because they're connected to you so mm-hmm. we're not gonna ask these things because like it's awkward it's embarrassing so she's like i don't care like uh, the, t- the things that i've done like you cannot shock me anymore so that's basically who she is um the case that she's on right now she wasn't intending at all to like go to this usually she like researches them a bunch and is like prepared um her only jobs are like bartending like that's the only like job that she has that actually like brings in money she doesn't take mm-hmm. money like she doesn't like get money to like help find these people she just does it as a hobby i guess if you will bartending uh, is like the perfect like job though to have to like be a side investigator oh, you know like yeah, flexible like, hours and she'll like, go to whatever town is like that she needs to yeah. go in like this time and then she'll go to find some dive bar and like and she's like yeah and she's like a good enough employee that is like yeah you want to like call my past people and they're like okay sure yeah whatever we'll give you a job um and so she was leaving this last one from wherever the first book ended so she's mm-hmm. like leaving that case she's traveling somewhere i really don't know it doesn't matter um and she stumbles upon this article in an actual newspaper so like not on like the message boards where she usually finds her cases um and what it was is this guy five years ago um him and four of his buddies are in the wilderness so they went for his bachelor party for the guy's bachelor party they went um to i honestly don't even remember i know it's actually also somewhere like in the pacific northwest which is oh no it's in wyoming a real place yeah so he's from the pacific northwest um like the bachelor guy is um but they went to wyoming and that's why i can't it's like the pocos or something like that it doesn't say it on the back but otherwise it's in wyoming in this huge giant like nature place um and they like have to like hike a day in basically to like get to this and like Mm -hmm. all of the buddies are like i mean like we could have done like golf in a strip club like that would have been that would have been better but like this guy um timothy o'day is like super into it he's super outdoors he's super adventure all that stuff and that's what he wants to do so of course the friends are like okay yeah fine we're gonna do it um so they go out and then how the book starts, though, is that it's the three friends showing up. They've, like, stumbled into town, into, like, the one diner. And they're like, oh, my God, it was a bobcat. It was a cougar. It was a Yeti. Like, something mm-hmm. took our friends. It was so, a Yeti for sure. Something. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. So <laughs> um, they they get there. They, like, hike in, whatever. They get their tent set up. Uh, Tim, being the bachelor, gets his own tent. And then the other four are split into two and two uh they stay up they have like a fifth of jack or like maybe like a handle of jack even they get good and drunk at this point like they're just hammered whatever they don't care um they go to bed they wake up to somebody screaming i'm like oh my gosh what the heck happened uh they all rush out and then they're like okay what's going on all of a sudden like one of the guys is gone scott he's just like gone and they're like okay oh my gosh well, we got to figure this out, right? And like, what do you, is it like mm, 3 a.m. maybe? Like, it's like mm. dark, middle of the night. So what do you do? Do you go searching for him? Do you go in pairs? Do you go in singles? All these things are like calling for pairs. him. Nothing's happening. Pairs. Don't even fucking go. Stay. Like, maybe go. I and, guess like, you're not going to that much help in the middle of the night when it's dark. Yeah, like and that. like your like, fire is really on. Not. Like, you have headlamps. So like, maybe you go, but like, don't leave eyesight of the camp. But no. they start going, they start looking. Um. All of a sudden, they turn around. Tim's gone now. They're like, what the heck? Like, okay. So now these three guys are like good and fucking spooked. Uh, They say, fuck it. 
grab their shit. I don't think they grab their things. I think they like have their headlamps and they just start booking it on the trail back. And so they like, they're like, okay. And like, they're trying to kind of find him, but they're like, we're not fucking around. Like we need help. We need professionals. Like we don't know what we're doing here. Um, And they get to where the ATVs are and they're like, his ATV is still here. Like, that's weird. Oh, because that's what it was. He, I take it back. Tim didn't go missing. Tim was like, oh, I'm going to go for help by myself. Oh, okay. And so he takes off to go for that. That's what it was. I got that confused. So yeah, so he leaves, says he's going to go find help himself, uh, which is also like, don't split up. That's stupid. Don't be a hero. Honestly, they always die. Yeah, seriously. And so then the three start going and they're like, okay, like, and yeah, then the morning comes. Okay, I'm remembering. Sorry, it's been a little bit since I read the book. So he leaves. The three of them, like, kind of fall back into drunken sleep, whatever. Wake up in the morning. Tim's not back. And they're like, okay, this is bad. We got to mm-hmm. go. So that's when they go. Uh, okay. They get to the ATVs. And all of a sudden, his ATV is still there. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, this is not good. Oh, like, because so they're like, either, yeah, they're like, leave. either, like, he got, he would have turned around and come came back and we would have passed him. Or, like, maybe he, like, pulled over to the side and slept or something. They're like, we would have seen him or he would have, his ATV would be gone. So they go into town obviously a search like comes up right away like people get lost in these areas all the time people have died in this area a bunch like it's actually like fairly common there's like six reported deaths like in the last same number of years or something like that um and so um they go they start searching they find the one friend scott who had like wandered off who had started this like, like who tim was looking for they do ultimately find him um he has no idea why he left he didn't doesn't hear anybody screaming for him like it takes him like a day to find this guy like he's like i didn't hear you guys yelling for me i don't know so they find him so tim is still missing and then every year on the anniversary like the dad like forces these all guys to come back out and they keep doing these searches so this is the final search now um because the mom is dying of cancer she already had cancer once like this is it this is gonna be the one and the husband like promise like i will like bring our son back to you like you can be buried together whatever so this is the final one um the friends are not doing good like one is like full-fledged alcoholic who like up and tried to like quit cold turkey so he could go on this so he's got like the dts um the other three like aren't really talking to each other and so when frankie shows up she like comes into town she's like completely unprepared she has like a back she has like a rolly suitcase and like a pair of beat up boots like that's pretty much what she has to her name um and she's like hey like i'm gonna join you guys and they were like mm, no why what that's weird like we don't know who you are what are you here like this isn't a big search anymore like this is literally it's gonna be the four what is it, it would be the four uh friends the dad um this guy who is a bigfoot hunter who like um him and frankie actually have like messaged on like these like lost search, search boards um bigfoot hunter kills me yeah right and so because he like knows the area he knows hiking all of these things he does this for a hobby so yes yeah, so he's gonna be there um and then they brought a guy who was like he's like the local guy so he's the one who's like in charge of the search and rescue stuff like he's like grew up in the area he knows it um so it's gonna be the eight of them and they're like yeah no one like our permit's only for eight people all these things um and she's like yeah well the guy right here has dts like there's no way he's gonna make it because it's like a full day hike like up like at one point they're literally like hands and knees like crawling up the mountainside Mm -hmm. to like get to where they're going to be staying so like she's like he's not gonna make it like that's not happening um and so she ends up taking his place um and even like the guy who's like the head kind of guy of everything is like 
can you even hike? And she's like, well, I walk everywhere. And he's like, okay, well, that's not the same. But whatever. Oh, there are one other person is coming, a search and rescue lady who has a cadaver dog named Daisy. She's coming. At this point, so they're looking for a body. I mean, that's uh, yeah. real. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they're not expecting him to be alive. They're looking for a body. Um, so that's the eight, if you had counted. So now we're up to eight. So Frankie comes on. They get a pack. She like befriends um, the lady with the dog and the Bigfoot hunter guy. I can't remember their names. Honestly, it doesn't really matter. So they start getting out there and they're hiking and it's like horrible. Like they said it was going to be like literally like the hardest freaking hike. Um, and they're on like a time because like the main guy is like, you know, like when I say to sit and eat, you sit and you eat. I don't care if you're not hungry. You are going to eat. You're going to do what I say because like people die out here. Like have a schedule. This is like this is really common. Like you, there's a good chance you could die. Like if you don't follow all these rules. So they get there, they get set up. Um, you know, they're hurting as all heck. Uh, middle of the night, they hear something. Um, they all come out. Like, and what it is is Scott, who the guy, he was the one who had like wandered off at the original time. He's like out there, and he's like, mm-hmm. I swear, I just saw Tim. He's like, I just saw him out on the edge. Like, I swear it was him. And they're all like, like okay. alive. Yeah, that's what he and he swears he saw him. And they're like, okay, like, we're all really exhausted. Like, I don't really believe you. But when that's happening, turns out somebody has, like, their food is, like, hung up because they're in Bear County and stuff, Bear Country. Mm-hmm. Half their food is gone. And, like, there are no, like, footmarks. Like, it's not like some bear got really creative and, like, threw his buddy up and got it. Yeah, like, it's like, how would they get the bag and then just, like, mm-hmm. take out half the food? Yeah. So it's like, okay, like that's weird something's going on um they start going the next day because i think they have a total of like five days or something that they're going to be out there like and that's it um and they have like this very one specific because it originally started um you know they kind of like searched all these areas and like tim is like comfortable hiking and everything so now they're like okay like let's think about it like this like he's out there he's lost he's gonna go up high to maybe get a cell service something so they're in this like one spot there like this is the last place you could maybe be um even though this place is giant and so um they get up there and like the cadaver dog at one point like it's kind of like seeing something but like can't quite find anything more of their food goes missing like people get uh hurt like somebody gets like stabbed or something like that at one point like something is obviously going on like somebody does not want them up there trying to find this body now what is it is it the person who took it is it yeti is it a member of that team of that like search group who like know something because like like um all the friends like the four guys that are the friends on the party are like not talking they all have their own secrets frankie is like slowly working each of them so like we do start to learn like kind of what their secrets are why they're angry like what's going on trying to build a bit better picture um like they end up having to like finally like call it at one point because like somebody like starts like shooting at them from like oh. a blind like however far away like clearly somebody does not want these people up there doing clearly. searching at all and it's like okay what's going on so then like uh they end up having to like split and like two of them go back because they're like but they have to be like they decide who and it's like, okay well it needs to be the strongest ones because they have to book it down the giant flipping mountainside to go try and get help but then well though gone the other group is like just like getting like worse and worse like one of them has like fall fell somehow and like has a concussion like a bad concussion um somebody's leg is like all broke and stuff like they are like struggle bunnies to the max right now like things are not going good for them um frankie does of course end up figuring out everything that's going on 
Um, I did not have a single clue what it was. I was convinced I had one going the whole time. I was like, this is it. And I never gave up on it because I was like, it all makes sense. It could work. It'd be weird, but it could absolutely work. I was very wrong. And then once I decided like later in the book, I mean, it's like a fairly big book. It's like 440 pages or something. Um, And so like later in the book, like once I kind of like gave up and I was like, okay, maybe like, maybe it's not this, maybe it's something else. Um, Even then totally wrong. Like once it, I think I figured it out like five pages before the reveal. And that's because, you know, she was basically like painting it for you of like at that point. Yeah. yeah, They're like telling you details that you didn't know before that would have made sense. Yeah. She's like holding your hand like to the answer. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, It was so flipping good. Um, Like one of the reviews says something about how like it's perfect for the fans, but unput a put downable cat and mouse mystery. And it absolutely was because you're like, what is going like at first you're like, okay this is like kind of weird and then you're suspicious of everybody like you're like maybe even frankie was in on it like maybe that's really why she likes to go find like and what is actually going on and like five out of five like it was so freaking good even for being like a large book i flew through it like i could not put it down i was staying up late like i was getting up early being like i can get a couple chapters in before my work day starts yeah, you like, said you read it in like two sittings basically yeah i read it so fast all of a sudden i was like oh okay yeah it was super super good i i do really like this author but yeah this is probably one of the best ones that i think i've read of hers it was just so good even though you didn't read the first one still worked out yeah even though i didn't read the first one i've thought about going back and read the first one but like i said because you do get like a lot of like insight into like kind of frankie and her life and what's going on um and so because of that it does tell you about like the other people the other bodies that she's found and then when i read the description i was like oh Okay, well, based off this, I know what happens to the person that she was looking for in the first one. So, wow, sounds like a good one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would say it's very different than mine. Mine, I would definitely describe as like in the yaw category. Okay, do love a good um, yaw. I know you do. I was like, it's kind of up your alley, actually. <laughs> I bet you would have loved it. Um, so I read the Agathas by Kathleen Glasgow and Liz Lawson. So two authors. Um. I don't remember, I think one of us has read this book, but I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. Oh, wait, no. That's a quote from somebody. I lied. I was like, <laughs> wait, did they write that book? That doesn't make sense. I take it back. Okay. Um, On the front, though, it does say that it's like part Agatha Christie, part Veronica Mars. It's like, yeah, I definitely could see that. Okay. But they also reference like in the book. So basically what this book is about is um the main characters alice um they're in high school obviously it's yeah mm-hmm. um they're like i think it's like their junior year i want to say so they're like 16 17 basically um they live in castle cove which is a made-up place but it's on like a coast so it's like a coastal city and like it's a high school that like very much kind of gives me like mean girls vibes <laughs> like there's like the rich kids and then there's like the poor kids and there's the way less poor kids so, like this castle cove high school is like mostly made up of rich kids and they call the everyone else they don't call themselves this but everyone else calls them the mains so it's like the plastics mm-hmm. like it's so, like like i said that the like structure of the school and like the social system is definitely very um mm-hmm. mean girls so alice um one of the main characters the summer before she had gone missing Alice is obsessed with Agatha Christie and there was like some drama going on in her life at the time where like her best friend 
um, ended up like with her boyfriend. So like her boyfriend dumped her to be with her best friend. And so I get the Christie apparently when she found out that her husband had cheated on her, like left and like made people think that he killed her. Oh, so, like, very gone girl. Yeah, exactly. So Alice had pulled this stunt previously. Um, her parents were like super absent. Um, that she's like really vague about what her dad does. And I think her mom like works in film or something. It doesn't really matter. They're gone. Um, mm-hmm. she's basically being raised by like a nanny in this like big, beautiful coastal house. So she's got all this freedom, but she feels very unloved. Mm-hmm. Um, so Alice pulls this stunt, and then everyone knows about her for it because police spent days looking for her. She was gone for five days. Like people are pissed. Yeah, um, I would be. Like, her friends thought she was, like, dead or something was wrong. And, like, they held, like, candlelight vigils for her. And, like, they were they spent all these resources looking for her, for her to just, like, show back up and be like, I'm fine. <laughs> like, oh, so school starts and she's been uh, isolated from her friends. Uh, her mom, like, made her stay home. Um, so she basically starts school again on Halloween. So the story does start on Halloween, which I thought was, like, actually, that's pretty fitting. <laughs> um, so she goes back to school and, like none of her friends want to talk to her they've all kind of like got their own lives going on now she hasn't really been in contact with anybody for like six months at at this point because it's october yeah um so alice is kind of a loner now even though she was basically like queen bee previously Mm -hmm. so her life has changed a lot um she basically spends all of her time not doing any schoolwork and reading agatha christie (laughs) there are a lot of options there's a lot of books you know respect though honestly Mm -hmm. like that's what i would do yeah um so because Alice is behind in school, this girl, Iris, who is one of the like handful of poor kids in the school for no better term, um, she, uh, so Iris has like an abusive dad who like has, there's a restraining order. And so she, Al- uh, Iris really wants to leave. She wants to leave Castle Cove. She wants to get her mom out. She's trying to earn as much money as possible to convince her mom to go. Like she's found a place that's up North that they're going to go hide basically, um, Iris is a really good student, so the school and Alice's parents together decide that they're going to have Iris tutor Alice. It doesn't matter what grade she gets, as long as, like, there's some improvement and she gets through her courses, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're going to pay her three grand to do it. Oh, wow. So that's, like, that's real good. Like, and it's only just for, like, this first, like, semester or whatever. It's not even for the whole year. Like, they just just has to get through, like, this first, like, like quarter or whatever. Yeah. So Iris agrees to do that. Um, this is all like coordinated through like the school guidance counselor. Like there's kind of a whole like side story there where the guidance counselor is kind of in and out in a character, but not really. So it doesn't really matter. Um, so Iris does go over to Alice's house. The mains call themselves by like their last names. So like Alice's last name is like Ogilvy, but because Iris isn't part of that group, they call her Iris, but also nobody knows Iris's name because <laughs> She's not part of the popular group. Like mm-hmm. she's part of like the, I don't remember what group it's called, but it's basically like the weirdos, right? So yeah. she's like her own friends. Um, it's Halloween, right? So Iris and Alice do have their first like session, but Alice is kind of like salty about it. Like she doesn't really give a shit, doesn't really want to do any of this. Um, Iris leaves. Alice, apparently every year with her friends, there's this like castle that is like on the seaside that like one of her friends families used to live in but now is just used as like rentals for parties so every year on halloween the mains throw this huge party that used to just be like their friend group but now has turned into this thing where like other kids like other rich kids not other other yeah. kids i was like obviously the poor kids get to come no no of course, of course not, not. <laughs> um yeah so like all the rich kids from like all of the like local towns come and it's like it becomes this like, really big thing so alice is like you know what like 
I'm sick of this. Like my friends are treating me like garbage. She's like, I have every right to be there too. Cause like, I'm a rich girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she kind of sucks. Honestly, I end up liking her later, but like her attitude just sucks. Like, especially the whole, like I left so that people would miss me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, thing. Oh wait, it didn't but, work like you wanted it to. So yeah, like her life is sad. Like I do feel bad for her, like in her own way, like that sucks for sure. But like, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> very 17, very yaw. Yeah. So Alice decides to show up. Her friends were like, what the hell are you doing here? You weren't invited. You're not welcome here. She gets into a fight with her friend, Brooke, who's the one who um, stole her boyfriend. And then her ex-boyfriend, Steve, like escorts her out, essentially. (laughs) He's like, like, you can't be here. Like, I'm really sorry that like everything went down the way it did. But like, you're making people uncomfortable. Like, we don't need to have this whole blowout right here in front of everybody. Like, please just go. Mm -hmm. So Alice is pissed. I get it. Um, everyone's been drinking, um, Steve, like people see him have like an outburst, like apparently he's like a super chill guy and he's like, usually doesn't really drink. Um, he's like on the basketball team. So like, especially in like during season, he like doesn't drink. He's trying to get a scholarship. His mom like works really hard. He's not part of the rich group. Um, like he just works really hard and became a basketball star. So they let him in. (laughs) (laughs) He's Um, popular now. Yeah, but, like, at this particular party, people notice that, like, he seems really drunk, like, that's not usually him, and he seems really angry. So, like, there's definitely something going on. Um, When Alice was missing, and this is notable, the police thought maybe Steve did it, which, you know, she kind of was hoping would happen. Oh. Of course. Wonderful. (laughs) Great. Um, Basically... At this party, after Alice leaves, she, like, drives around. Iris has gone for a walk because she lives kind of close by and she can, like, hear the party. But she's obviously not invited. So she's just, like, walking. She's just, like, out late, basically, on a walk, like, through the woods. And she sees this, uh, Iris sees this fight between, like, Steve and Brooke that everyone's recording. Like, all the mains are just, like, recording this fight. Like, they're shoving each other and yelling and screaming. Like, it's really bad. And, um... Brooke runs past Iris and Iris was like, none of her friends are going to go after her. Like it's fucking dark. It's like 10 o'clock at night. She's clearly been drinking. So Iris goes to go after her, but she loses her in the woods and she's like, well, all right, someone's Mm going to go after her. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way they're just going to let her go off. Yeah. Just disappear. Iris goes home. Brooke doesn't show up to school the next day. Ooh, Ooh, of course. (laughs) Um, so, Brooke's dad is like the coach at the school. And so Brooke's family is part of like this big, like cosmetics fortune, essentially like her grandmother made a fortune in cosmetics and like sells jeans and has this whole line. So Brooke's family on her mom's side is rich, but her mom died. Doesn't say when, but her mom died. And then her dad basically gets some money from the trust to take care of Brooke, but he doesn't get that much money. And he's like, Mm -hmm. not rich. He just, he works at the school. He's a coach. He's the bass coach. Um, he doesn't seem like that worried about it. Like his daughter's gone. He was like, oh, we've been fighting or whatever. She hasn't even been staying at home. Like, and her friend said that she was supposed to stay there that night, but I guess she didn't show up. She's probably just like with her boyfriend. Like he's not worried about it. doesn't try to call her. Just like goes about his freaking day. And huh. Alice is like, I feel like people should be more worried. Like, why are people not more worried? Yeah. The police just assume that it's the same thing that Alice did. They're like, well, weren't you guys friends? Mm-hmm. Like, she just doing the same thing you did so like the police puts basically no effort into trying to find brooke at all even though alice is like no like she wouldn't do this like i know that i pulled some shit but like we are not the same person like brooke would never yeah like when they talk about brooke like she's like the nice person in the group that like even though she was rich she like was nice even though she didn't have to be you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like so everyone's really concerned 
well, actually, Alice is the most concerned. Like her friends even are kind of just like meh, but they're like kind of crappy friends. I mean, yeah. they didn't go after her in the woods. You know what I mean? Like Alice's old friends suck. And I'm not surprised, like considering the whole dynamic that they have going on, but like it's annoying. So Alice is really worried. So Alice calls um the Brooks grandmother because she used to go with her every summer to go like visit her grandmother, the one who's super rich, mm-hmm. um, the one who like started the cosmetic line. And she was like, something's wrong. Like, you told me to reach out if I ever was worried about Brooke. Like, I'm worried. And so the grandmother shows up. She, like, forces the police to start looking. The police very begrudgingly do, like, an, a half-assed job searching the woods. Like, and then they're like, oh, it's raining. We'll do it again tomorrow. And Alice is like, no, like, that's not okay. And Iris was like, okay, I'll help because the grandmother put up a $50,000 reward for anybody who could help find her. Mm-hmm. So Iris is like, well, I could get money. Yeah, I get it. That helps with Iris's goals. And then Alice wants to find her friend. Alice does have some like selfish motives here too, where she's just like, I want people to see that I'm not a terrible person. Mm. Like maybe people will love me again because she's got that whole like, no one likes me thing going on. Um, So they basically kind of team up to start looking for Brooke. Between the two of them and then Iris's band of mitzvahs, they like search the woods and they end up finding Brooke and she had gone over the edge like and they found like her body it was like in the rocks because mm-hmm. it's like on a cliff right the the castle is yeah so, like, she had run into the woods run across the freeway that was right there and then fell off the edge it looks like so it's like okay what happened though yeah so, like the rest of this book is basically like okay what happened like did Steve push her after the fight um there's like a lot of details that kind of go down that I can't give you details, obviously, because they all lead into what happened here. But um, some of the main suspects are obviously Steve, the boyfriend, because he was a suspicious person for oh, Alice, so the boyfriend is always happened. the first. Right, suspect. Always the boyfriend. Like you, you always look at the boyfriend. Yeah. Um, the police clearly, though, aren't doing a very good job looking into it. Like initially, they did a bad job with investigating um, a lady at a local diner says that like he came in Steve the next day and was like super drunk. But, like, didn't smell like alcohol. Like, he just seemed out of it. Hmm. So she just assumed, like, maybe he was hungover or something, even though he didn't smell. So it was, like, it seemed weird. Um, Like, one of the friends confesses that they actually put, like, Rohypnol or no. Ambien. It was Ambien. I was mm. like, what was it? They put Ambien in his beer because one of the other friends was, like, jealous and wanted Brooke to take it so that she could hook up with Steve so he just like drank the wrong drink. And mm. so like poor Steve, like you find this out pretty early. So it's not like a surprise or anything. Yeah. Um, but like the only people who really know about this are Alice and Iris because the police aren't going to listen to them. They don't really have proof of anything. They get um some of their information in pretty like sketchy ways. Like they break into Brooke's house, to look for information to like see if like maybe coach is involved because like it's her dad and they've been arguing about money because when Brooke turns 18, he gets completely cut off from her trust. And he was mm. trying to convince Brooke previously to like, sign over some money to him basically so that he could just continue to live his life and like he's a known ladies man so he's been like sleeping with all of these different women of the staff and then using Brooke as like a reason why they couldn't continue to date he was like oh I can't because like Brooke will be upset about it but it's like no you're just playing everybody yeah but like use Brooke as a reason so it's like okay literally there's a bunch of different people here who have potential motives um I really 
felt the Veronica Mars vibe. <laughs> like it really was. I felt like I, uh, Alice and Iris were like an unlikely pairing, but they ended up being like a really good friendship. And I think they were good for each other in different ways because like there is a time when like Alice shows up at Iris's house and Iris is like all embarrassed. She's like, oh, I don't have like a big, rich, fancy house like you. And Alice was like, I don't care. Like, have you ever thought like maybe you're the snob? Like mm. you're the one who's like all upset about this whole class division yeah. and I don't care at all. Like- Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting kind of the way that the character development is. And I think that that's probably the most interesting part about the book. Um, I like watching those like friendships develop, especially because Alice turns into somebody that I actually really like in the story, yeah. even though I really hate her at the beginning. Good character um, arc. But there is also a ton of detectiving. Like they they put um, a, together like a murder board in Alice's conservatory and they do all these quotes from Agatha Christie books. And then they're trying to figure out like they very systematically try to figure out like, OK, who could it be? What kind of information do we have? They put together like timelines. Um, they have like a secret informant. So like someone random mm. texts Alice like some information, but like won't say who they are. They're using like a burner. Like they get really creative with it. Um yeah, I really enjoyed this book, but it's definitely a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would give it like a four, but mostly because I do think some of the aspects of it were like pulled from other things. Like I felt like the structure was very much Mean Girls, like, and then um, just some of the characters are just super annoying. <laughs> but yeah. I honestly feel like that happens a lot in Yacht because they're teenagers. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they're supposed to be like highlighting the way that teenagers can be like the pettiness and like the Mm -hmm. stupid shit that they do that makes no sense even though like so like there's a lot of dead ends because they're like oh it must be this person and i'm like no there's no way it's that person yeah you didn't do anything yeah you're like as soon as your frontal lobe is fully developed you will see that no that that could never have been exactly but like there are a lot of pretty good red herrings too like it took me a while like there was um a, a hint they give pretty close to the end and once i read that i knew who it was okay but you really don't know until that point. Like, there's no reason to really suspect this person. Um, they give, like, some subtle hints along the way. But, like, there's no, like, solid reason. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm going to write them off. Yeah, they definitely mm-hmm. do a good job, like, kind of leading you through, like, their investigation and stuff. Which is really what I was looking for. Because it's supposed to be lady detectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, and they detective, man. <laughs> they detected things. That's awesome. That's a good one. I think we both had some... Some really good ones. I am trying to remember what is next. Psychological thrillers. I mean, we have minis. That's right. Oh, and minis are coming. That's true. So come back, listen to the minis, listen to whichever psychological thriller we decide on. I keep going back and forth and starting new ones and picking up. I'm like three quarters of the way through mine. So you're going to have to get to it. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I got to pick one for real. Okay. I know. I'm on it. Um, Until then, y'all can hit us up on social medias. You all know them by now. And we'll talk to everyone later. Bye, everyone. Bye.